This past week was Thanksgiving, uh, specifically Thanksgiving 2020, emphasis being on the 2020 part. Unfortunately, our Thanksgiving holiday was just another on the long list of victims claimed by the dreaded year 2020. We all have reason to be thankful, of course, but the dominant storyline continues to be how 2020 is affecting everything. We just expect it now. Sadly, it's become our mantra. We've just come to anticipate that everything is going to be at least a little worse this year, and very possibly a complete failure. Do you want to know what would really be a complete failure? If we let this cute little running joke, blaming everything on the year 2020, cause us to seriously forget to thank God for all the ways he cares for us and has blessed us. So that's why today's message is called, Don't Forget to Say Thank You. Psalm 95 is another psalm for what we're going through because as Christians, as those whom the Lord has added to his church, we are so incredibly blessed, yet we're living in a world right now that is consumed with what I call 2020 negativity. It can be tempting to get caught up in it. And as those who are being saved by God, we need to be able to resist this temptation and instead be incredibly thankful. So let's go ahead and read through the whole psalm, and then we'll break down some of the major themes that we need to consider. So Psalm 95 goes like this. O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In whose hand are the depths of the earth, the peaks of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for it was he who made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah as in the day of Massa in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation, and said, They are a people who err in their heart, and they do not know my ways. Therefore I swore in my anger, Truly they shall not enter into my rest. Today I want to look at four major truths from this psalm that I believe will help us resist the temptation to give in to this 2020 negativity and to instead remember to say thank you. First of all, you can't read this psalm and miss the fact that we must be thankful worshipers. We must be thankful worshipers. Listen to the thankful worship that's commanded in the first couple of verses. Psalm 95, let me remind you, just the first part of verse 1 said, O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. So one of the ways that we thankfully worship is through singing. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. This is definitely a New Testament concept, folks. Sing. We don't have any sort of mandate or an example of singing in a New Testament assembly, you know, but we have been told that the Word of Christ should so richly dwell within us that we teach and warn one another with songs 
This is something we can and should be doing at any time. At home, at the church building, in others' homes, on Tuesday afternoon, on Saturday morning, anywhere, anytime, we can and should sing for joy to the Lord as thankful worshipers. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to 19 says uh, similarly, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. More singing. And do you notice some common themes here? Paul, of course, wrote both of these New Testament passages, Colossians and Ephesians, but there's one common theme in particular that I want you to notice here. Thankfulness, right? Thankfulness. Colossians 3 says we should be singing with thankfulness in our hearts to God. Ephesians 5 says we should be singing always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God. The second part of verse 1, Psalm 95 verse 1, says, Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Shout joyfully. This phrase means to cry out with a loud voice. It has the idea of a warlike clamor. To shout for joy, like a shout you'd give after conquering an enemy. And it can be a shout like this can be done in someone's honor. Well, I'd say we can certainly cry out with a loud voice, a warlike cry, in the honor of Jesus Christ, the rock of our salvation, the one who conquered the enemies of sin and death for us. Shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. This is part of being a thankful worshiper. Our worshiper, our joyful shout should be directed to the rock of our salvation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, Paul identified Christ as the rock that all of Israel drank from. In Matthew 21, verses 42 and, and following, Jesus acknowledges that he is the stone that the builders rejected, the chief cornerstone. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 16, Peter tells Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus tells him in the verses following that he is right. And that upon this rock, meaning this foundational truth, this bedrock principle, Jesus says, I will build my church. Jesus is our rock in so many ways. Shout joyfully to him as the rock of our salvation. The first verse here shows us a couple of ways that we should worship. And then verse 2 specifies the proper motivation, the, the reason for our worship. You could say the, the steam that powers our worship train. <laughs> Psalm 95 verse 2 says, Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. See, this is why we say that we must be thankful worshipers. It's not enough to just say you're worshiping. It's not enough to just sing to the Lord or shout to him. It needs to come from a genuinely thankful heart. When you sing, when you shout, when you lift your voice to God, when you come before his presence, do so with thanksgiving. Don't forget to say thank you. Next, the psalmist lists a number of reasons that we have to be thankful. And to boil it all down and to put it simply, God is everything to us. God is everything to us. Listen to some of the wonderful truths about our Lord in this next section of the scriptures here. Psalm 95 verse 3 said, For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. So he, he's greater than any other so-called God. He's a great king 
above all gods. I love how Paul describes the Lord to the evangelist Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 15 and 16. He said, He who is the blessed and the only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Sounds a little bit like the great king above all gods, right? In verse 16, he goes on, Who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. He's the only true sovereign, the only true supreme leader. He's overall, above all. That's why Paul uses king of kings and lord of lords. There's none like him. He alone possesses immortality. It's his to give. It's his to withhold. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. The psalmist continues in verses 4 and 5. He says, In whose hand are the depths of the earth? The peaks of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for it was he who made it. And his hands formed the dry land. There are New Testament passages that reinforce these truths. Uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6, that there's one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him. In his sermon on Mars Hill, recorded for us in Acts chapter 17, Paul told the men of Athens in the Areopagus that he noticed that they were very religious people. They recognized all kinds of gods. They even had an altar set up for what they called the unknown god. You know, just in case they missed one. <laughs> Paul told them they worship this God in ignorance. Paul's like, listen, I can tell you about this God. And he told them in verses 24 through 26, he said, The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. Now, I personally like the Lord's own words about himself in Psalm 50, verses 10 through 12. He said, for every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains, and everything that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all it contains. He made it all. <laughs> it all belongs to him. It was all made for his glory. As Paul said, there's one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him. So if we continue in Psalm 95, looking at verses 6 and 7 now, it says, Come, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. It's like our first two sermon points summarized beautifully in these two verses, verses 6 and 7, right? Let's be thankful worshipers because God is everything to us, right? Let's worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God. We are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Don't forget to say thank you. Now, the remainder of this psalm is an admonition. Okay, It's a warning. That's what that means. It's a warning. And I've learned that warnings can be a great thing if we'll just receive them the right way. Here's what I mean. Don't hear this warning and respond with fear. Don't listen to this admonition and think that God expects you to fail him, or worse yet, wants you to fail him. 
Warnings are extremely valuable and something we should be thankful for. Receive this warning as God being very clear with you about his expectations, his desires, and the consequences. God wants you to be aware of danger. He wants you to stay out of that hot water. So we should thankfully listen and receive his warning. So the warning that we get from this psalm comes in the form of this reminder. God loathes an erring heart. God loathes an erring heart. I'm going to start reading again from the second half of verse 7 here. Psalm 95, second half of verse 7 starts like this. Today, if you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as in the day of Massa, in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they had seen my work. For 40 years, I loathed that generation and said they are a people who err in their heart, and they do not know my ways. Okay, Meribah and Massa is the name Moses gave to the place where the people quarreled and tested the Lord because they didn't have water. Now, of course, God was going to provide for them. He told Moses to get the elders, grab his staff, strike the rock, and he would provide the water. God wasn't going to let his people go thirsty. God was not unable to provide for them. God was not unwilling to provide for them. Have you ever had somebody in your life that, that you sacrificed for, that you, you helped out at every turn, you did everything you could do, you bent over backwards for them, you saved them from falling flat on their face several times, and then some new crisis comes up in their life, and they start whining, complaining, grumbling, you know, like, like there's no way they could possibly ever be saved from this situation. When these kinds of things come up, we sort of feel like these people aren't thankful for what we've already done for them. You know what I mean? You kind of feel like it's like all we've done for them has been erased from their memory. At this point in Israel's history, this episode at Massa and Meribah, the people thought that they would thirst to death. Uh, they, they were yelling at Moses. They were fighting with each other. They were grumbling about why they had been led out of Egypt just to die of thirst. They were just about ready to stone Moses, and they were saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Now, was there some unbelief going on here? Absolutely there was. But is there also some serious lack of thankfulness here or what? At this point, they had already seen each and every plague brought against Egypt while they were shielded from each and every one of those plagues. They had been granted freedom from Egypt. They had seen the Red Sea open up to create a completely dry path with giant walls of water on either side, giving them safe passage to the other side. They saw that same Red Sea immediately swallow up the pursuing Egyptian army and kill every one of them. They had seen the bitter waters of Mara turned sweet for them to drink. They had seen the Lord rain, literally rain bread down from heaven in the morning for them to eat. They had seen the Lord literally send meat in the evening for them to eat. Yet when they look around now and don't see water at this point, they immediately begin to grumble and complain and threaten and demonstrate a complete lack of gratitude and trust in all that God had done for them. This is a, a great warning for us today. Today, if you hear his voice, in other words, if you're listening to God, if you're following his word, don't harden your hearts like these Israelites did at Massa and Meribah. God loathed those erring hearts, all he had done for them, and this was the thanks he received? Is the Lord among us or not? Was their response. 
Today, we need to remember when God answered our prayers, when he saved us, when he held us up, when he gave us peace, when he sustained us, when no one was there for us except God, when he was the only friend we had, when he was the only one we could talk to. We need to remember those times when there was no other explanation for a wonderful change in our circumstances except God. God was there for us. How will we respond the next time we face a crisis in life? Will we grumble or start fights or take it out on other people? Will we doubt God? Demonstrate your gratitude. Show your thankfulness by believing and trusting in Him. Christian, don't forget to say thank you. So we see that we must be thankful worshipers. God is everything to us, and God loathes an erring heart. And now finally, don't miss the final lesson here. The thankful will enter his rest. The thankful will enter his rest. After bringing up this episode of the Israelites at Massa and Meribah, God is quoted in verse 11 as saying, Therefore, I swore in my anger, truly they shall not enter into my rest. God loathes the erring heart, and he says, those ones who had that erring heart, those ones whom God says do not know his ways, he swore in anger that they would not enter into his rest. Don't, don't be like the Israelite generation that struggled with unbelief and a lack of gratitude. Trust him and be grateful in your heart for all that he's done, and you will enter his rest. To put it simply, there won't be any ungrateful people in heaven. It's just that simple. There won't be any ungrateful people in heaven. Heaven will be filled with the thankful. So don't forget to say thank you. Let me wrap this up by saying it's tempting to let the 2020 negativity overcome us. The whole world has basically written off 2020 like there's nothing worth redeeming like nothing good can happen, like there's nothing to be thankful for. But we're not the world. We are the church. We are the redeemed of God. We are the ones who have been bought and paid for by the blood of God's own Son. As verse 7 said, we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. We are the people who hear his voice. Church, this is a psalm for what we're going through. We're going through 2020. We're all in this together, as they say, right? But we are to be thankful worshipers because God is everything to us. So don't allow your hearts to be hardened because God loathes an erring heart. Live for him and thank him every day, knowing with confidence that the thankful will enter his rest. Church, don't forget to say thank you. I want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions about how to become a Christian, how to be saved, how to have a reconciled relationship with God, I want to encourage you to go to our church website, liberty-christian.com. Liberty-christian.com. And in the menu section there, uh, click on the good news. And you will have the good news laid out for you in an easy-to-read format. You can read it there in a text format. You can check it out there in a video format. You can check it out there in a slideshow format. But it's all just the basics, things that God says are life and death. Believe this and live. 
Do this and be saved. Don't do this and be condemned. Those kinds of things, those things that God makes abundantly clear in his word are necessities, are things that we have to do before we are considered saved in his mind. Those things are laid out for you right there on that page. And if after going through all that, you have further questions, I encourage you to reach out to us and we will give you Bible answers. You can also go to Facebook, Jake Brown Ministry. Reach out to me there with your your Bible questions, your questions about uh, salvation or or anything else. I'm happy uh, to try to help you in your journey.